Welcome to Be Great Today with Coach B, talking with people from all walks of life who have the extraordinary will to succeed so you can learn how to live a successful life. And now, here's your host, Coach Josh Batchelor. What's up, guys, and welcome into the show. Today, I'm super excited because I get the opportunity to talk to a guy who I respected from afar. He was a rival pitcher at a different school, a different high school than the one I was coaching on. Uh, I guess you could call him a thorn in my side. He was someone who was greatly respected among the state, was a top-ranked pitcher, um, Division One arm, uh, overpowering stuff, for especially for a high school lineup, um, and just a guy who – we, we talk about his coaches all the time of a guy who does it the right way. And when you think about guys who do it the right way, I think Graham Lawson is one of the guys that kind of rises to the forefront today uh, from Woodruff, South Carolina, Graham Lawson. What's up coach. Thanks for having me. Glad to yes, be sir. here. Yes, sir. So super excited. This is something we've tried to work on getting lined up. We had some technical difficulties. We've had some scheduling conflicts. Most recently with the Tennessee Smokies uh, in, I think it's double A? Yes, double A. baseball, so he's been up doing that. And we thought this would be a lot further out, but as luck would have it or fate would have it, we are, we're able to get together tonight. And so thankful for that. Graham started out, like I said, at Woodruff High School and was a phenomenal athlete. Um, his dad actually worked at the school. And so I, we'll talk about that in a minute, but the tremendous amount of pressure that comes with being a coach's kid. And then from Woodruff, he actually committed right out of high school to Clemson, but then ended up decommitting. We'll let him talk about that in a second. Wound up at SMC, did his time there, transferred down to South Carolina, where he had a tremendous career, finished up his college career there, and then was off to the minors. So, Graham, you know, we talked about Woodruff, but you're from there. And so you were there from the jump. You were there from the time you were playing Little League. So what was it like, man, being a Little League player with your dad, you know, coaching on the at the high school ranks and, and you're, you're a Little League player growing up in Woodruff, small town USA, and just making it happen for your city? Uh, I think, uh, especially now, as much as our town is growing and continue to grow, I still look around that and think about there's a lot of tradition here. Um, you know, Woodruff was known for being a powerhouse in sports, you know, for many, many years, even before my time. Um, so th that tradition still lays around and, you know, knowing that you can do the things that I've done from this town and continue that tradition. I believe it's probably happened less and less, but um, I'm extremely thankful and extremely blessed. And I, I think about nothing but but pride too. There's a lot of pride being from this little town. Um, people that are blue collared that, that love hard work and work for everything they have. And I think that kind of summarizes a bunch of my career. Um, especially with my father being a athletic director, all eyes are on you. Um, the things I heard with well, the only reason you're doing this is because your dad's the AD with well, the only reason you're on the team is your dad's the AD. You know, that's the, that's added pressure. You know, I, I, I laugh at those guys uh, today. Uh, I guess the reason that I played at South Carolina and was signed with the Cubs because my dad was the AD too. But um, um, 
I'm really thankful. And but yeah, all all the eyes were on me at just waiting for me to slip up, waiting to do something wrong. And I think that's why I thrive being a professional um, on and off the field so well and try to do things the right way because I've been under a microscope for so long. And, you know, some of that uh, sucked at times um, because I didn't feel like I could have been a, a normal high school kid. But I turned out fine. Um, I wouldn't change it. Um, I just I have a bunch of love for this town and a bunch of love for the people here. And that this is the place that built me. This is the place that raised me. So when I, when I think about this town, I think about tradition and pride. And I think that's something that when you think of Woodruff and all the people that know about this town, I think those are the two words people would probably agree with me on. Yeah, 100%, man. You think about Willie Varner and the state championship teams. You think about Tony Rice and being at Notre Dame. And you think about Graham Lawson. I mean, you know, when you talk about Woodruff, and those are things that are synonymous. And so I've got some friends and family around uh, that area. And anytime we talk high school sports, those names always come up. And, you know, you, so my son – is 12 years old. He'll be a, he'll be a seventh grader. And, and I mentioned this before on the show, but one thing I've tried to let him understand is that he's always held to another standard and it's no fault of his own. It's nothing he's done wrong, but I also in turn have to hold him to that standard all the time because that's how he's evaluated. Is it fair? Absolutely not. But it, is it life? Absolutely. And so when you say, <laughs> I laugh at those guys now. I I knew as a as another coach on another team that you were probably getting that, but I also knew as another coach on another team that those people are crazy because you see <laughs> you, you see the talent that's out there, and you know. So we go over to Woodruff, and Graham's on the mound. I think it's senior night, and we all yeah y'all beat me up. Well, senior night. well, we get we get paired up with these guys at the last season, like it's the last season series. And mm -hmm. so it kind of rides on, it kind of rides on this series. We've got to win too. And then we need some help or you guys are going to win. I think you're ranked number three in the state. We're ranked like number seven. And we got a bunch of no name kids, just like guys who didn't know that they weren't supposed to be good. So they were just mm -hmm. good. They were just a bunch of dogs. And they were like out of that team. I think I had to go play college baseball and everybody else went and did something. Alex like Rains and who? Um, it might've just been the one it was Alex and he might've been the only kid we had on that whole roster who pitched it, who went. I just remember that team being so, 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 so scrappy. I thought, and I believe I, I shared this with, um, the reins or maybe you're some, y'all were the most prepared to see me out of anybody. Were y'all the ones that shortened the BP and just threw like, really hard to the guys for y'all come to see me yeah so we were up at like we were up at like 45 feet or 40 feet and a different coach threw a bp every day because you know yeah after you see a team full of guys your arm you know at, at that time i was probably 30 so you know my, our, i've been out of the game a while at that point seven years or so mm -hmm. and so so, yeah, so we moved it up, and I would throw Monday and another guy threw Tuesday, and we didn't even worry about non-region that week. We were like, if we get beat, fine. You know, like the Woodruff series is the one that matters. We got to win them both. Put ourselves in some situation, losing games we shouldn't have lost earlier in the year, but you tip your hat to those guys. And we go down to Woodruff, and I think the very first pitch you throw, we hit a triple down the line. 
down the third base line mm-hmm. and uh, the Dixon kid. So, but we, you know, but to say all that stuff, you're number three in the state because Graham Lawson's on that team. You know, no disrespect to any of those other guys, but you're to to your point. If you're not there, they're they're a really good baseball team, but they're not dominant the way you guys were. So we go down there and um, we end up we end up knocking them off. And uh, like you said, in eight, in, yeah, yeah, in eight eight innings and, and or zero zero through seven and two in the top of the eighth. I, I don't forget that we made a couple of errors and yep, and it's it's like textbook like quality baseball like it's the kind of baseball games you love to live and play in. and like I think about games like that a couple years later we had Kirby Connell Chesney had Nate Lamb they went toe-to-toe we got walked off two to one throw away a ball on a back picket third those kind of games live with you and that's what mm-hmm. high school baseball is about those are the games that you know kids still talk about and um I think it's Every funny how you, together. you you always remember the ones you lose more than the ones you win, whether it's the biggest deer you missed or the biggest fish you didn't catch or the game you didn't right. lose. The the ones you lose, I feel like you always remember more than the ones you win. Right. The the loss the losses always sting worse than the memory of the wins for sure. But but you guys were a stellar baseball team. And uh, ended up winning the region despite those two losses to us and hung on and, and went around the region. And we have not won it in 20-something years. And we we were – You know, when we won it, I think it had been 27. We hadn't had won it since my grandfather was the coach at Woodruff. So right. we 27, 28 years. Yes, that's that's wild. So, so talk a little bit about your kind of like your family lineage. So your grandfather was a coach, your dad was a coach. Um, you and I had spoke and, and we, and, you know, I, th- I think, uh, based on your, your major, you're looking to do something else when you finish up baseball, we'll get to that, but just talk about what it was like growing up with that lineage and, and kind of, you know, what you, what you got to look forward to, cause you're always around sports, but what you got to look forward to, and you were privy to some things earlier, you know, because your dad's, you know, on the sideline or whatever the case may be. So just talk about what, you know, how, how that was and how that, how much fun that was. Oh, I mean, I was our ball boy for our football team, probably from the first or second grade to the eighth grade. I literally shut down. I had my, my own set of duties for us to get home early on Friday nights after the games. I mean, I was the guy that shut the scoreboard off. I got the pylons off the field and I was driving the gator around. I mean, I had my own list of things to do. Um, but I mean, I grew up in a school system. I, I grew up at a Tuesday night basketball game. You know, I grew up on a Wednesday night wrestling match or, or we got soccer tonight or, you know, I, that's, that's what my life was. And I, that's probably the reason I'm such a sports junkie now. Um, my, like you said, my grandfather coached and uh, played professional baseball for a little while. My uncle coached baseball and football here in Woodruff. Um, my grandmother was a secretary at the middle school. My mother was a teacher. And for at the high school, middle school, and out in the primary school, she's bounced around everywhere. Um, I mean, I have a different view of all these schools because I've spent so much time in them with so many family members. Um, but – 
I, I wouldn't change it, you know, just because I chose not to go in the profession. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, it does come with some cool perks at times and it comes with some bad ones at times as well. Um, yep. but I, I, I had a blast doing it. That key to the gym to go shoot basketball whenever you wanted to, uh, was awesome. You know, to that's clutch. You get friends. Oh, absolutely. Way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a random, you know, Christmas holiday night. It's, hey, will your dad open up the gym for us? We can go shoot a little bit or, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. And, you know, he's still in the business. He's not on the athletic side anymore back in administration. But um, those perks are still there to some degree. You know, the weight room was always open when I needed the weight room open or, um, you know, I – I chose not to go into the education side. It's because of the scrutiny and the kind of things, you know, we talked about uh, a few minutes ago with, you know, I got everything because I'm so-and-so's grandson that was on the school board or, you know, uh, Scott Lawson's son as AD, you know, Phil Henry's nephew. He's the reason he's on the JV team. And um, to me, it's like you said, you spoke about your son holding him to that high standard. You know, is it right? Probably not. Um, I was judged a lot of who I was just because of what position somebody held. And I feel like some people missed right. out on realizing who Graham Lawson was for the player and the person because of that. And, and that's okay. You know, and, for sure. um, yeah. I don't hold any, you know, ill will towards it. You know, it sucked at the time, but you know, it, it's okay. It, it made me with a thick skin and, to be in this game that I've been in and life too, you have to have a thick skin and let stuff just roll off the shoulder and, you know, go about your business. I think people, people live and learn just like you do. I think there are people probably now in Woodruff who think, you know, that was stupid of me seeing now what you've become. And it can't, it, that, that, that image becomes a lot more clear, comes into focus a little bit more. I think they probably realize they, they made a mistake. And, you know, you and I spoke before coming on the air, and I told you, education, so as an educator, education needs people like you. Now, it needs you, it needs you a whole lot more than you'll ever need it because you do understand the ins and outs. You're coming in with 18 years of experience before you ever step in a classroom. So not trying to persuade you, but if you're hey, ever looking you for You sound a just like <laughs> Coach Boozer and Coach Free that I work camps with at, at South Carolina one of the last summers I worked there. They were like, man, you've got to work with kids. You, you, just the way I, they like the way I interact with kids and, um, loved working camps with those guys and coach freeze down at river bluff and, um, coach boozer then not sure if he's still at Newberry and Dutch Fort. he's at Newberry. And he was doing Newberry. Dutch Fort with baseball Newberry. too. I don't know if he's still doing Dutch Fort with baseball, but, um, those guys, I learned a lot from those guys working camps with them and, you sound just like them saying they said if I ever wanted to get into coaching around the state that I better call them and they'll call anybody and their mama for me and I love those guys we had we That's had right. such an awesome group um, working together they're, they're fun we made it fun and I've mm -hmm. learned along the way that if you're playing for somebody that that cares that truthfully cares about you and wants to see you succeed and can make it fun, most of the time, like, you're going to give them 
or that coach, everything they have for you. And I, I know it's that way for me. Um, just from, I mean, I have played for so many people now. I mean, just at Woodruff, I think I played for four different head coaches. And that's not including two in college. That's um, two in professional baseball. And that's not including, you know, travel and, you know, all that. But I've played for a ton of people. And that's not even including pitching coaches. Head coaches. Right, that's just and, a um, yeah. when When you see that people genuinely care about you as a person, when the, when the first thing – you know, they come up to you as just, hey, how are you doing? And, hey, how are you feeling today? How's your arm feeling today? And you connect on that level as a, a person. Like, man, that guy cares about me. And it makes you it makes you want to play hard for them. You know, they're giving their best to you, so you deserve to give their best to them. That's right. And so I just finished up reading a book John Gordon wrote called The Carpenter. And essentially, the carpenter talks about his name's Jay Emanuel, and Jay Emanuel talks about this uh, way. It's called the way, and the way is love, serve, and care. Those are the three things that he drives home to the guy that he's talking to in the book. And it's nonfiction, but it's meant to be—I mean, it's fiction, but it's meant to be nonfiction so that you can apply it to your life. And you know, I thought about how I could take that and immediately put it in place at Blacksburg and how, how much more important it is to love our kids, to serve our kids and to care about our kids than it is to win baseball games. And I've tried to do it on a, on a larger scale more recently, but I think when you talk about coaching high school kids, the majority of them, it's like Kirby and I were talking and his, his episodes already come out, but when you coach high school kids, it's a whole lot more important that they understand those three things than it ever will be how many games you won. And so I, I feel like for, for me, I, I can continue to build and, and to use that mantra moving forward into this season. So you talked a little bit about travel. Um, you, you played travel baseball, obviously, growing up. Talk about travel ball and talk about your recruitment, how that started with Clemson and, and, and you know, when the um, roster started coming in. Last two years of high school, which would have been at the end of my sophomore year and in my junior year, I started playing with the Diamond Devils. Um, Barry Mabry set me up with them, longtime Diamond Prospects guy. Um, played for Colin Liggett down at Spring Valley one summer and uh, Steve Williams out in Lancaster and uh, Bobby Gant. Um, tremendous staff. I think uh, Bobby's passed on now and um, just tremendous people. Uh, Steve Williams, one of the first person or people I should say, I thought that believed in me. Um, then the next summer I played for the legend, uh, John Rhodes with Diamond Devils Black and, and Barry. Um, and that summer I really, really took off. Um, I believe I had two offers in the same day with Coastal and College Charleston. Um, at this time, my dad's Clemson alumni. I bled orange and purple. Um, I grew up going to Doug King's more on the weekends and uh, Death Valley. And um, in the fall, and you know, Little John, you know, for basketball games, watching Trevor Booker. And, um, you know, I grew up nothing but Clemson. And I, I did take every visit. But 
honestly, mentally, I was probably checked out at those just because I knew what I wanted. I knew where I thought I was good enough to go. Um, now, anybody that had me on campus, I, I went on every single one. If they showed their interest in me, I deserve to show it back. And um, I did that. Right. And, you know, Coastal was awesome. They ended up winning the national championship. Kind of was like, whoa, I could have been there. And uh, But everything worked out the way it should. <laughs> um, ended up getting the uh, walk offer for Clemson um, after that summer. And I believe it was right when we wrapped up to right before Palmetto Games. And um, went ahead and bit the bullet. That's where I wanted to be. That's what I wanted. And um, Bradley, I'll never forget Bradley LaCroix uh, giving me the call. Um, speaking of Bradley, I don't think he's at Clemson anymore, but he did a lot of good for uh, Clemson University. He was outstanding to me from the time that I didn't come to Clemson before I came to Clemson and a rival against him. He went out of his way to speak to me every time he saw me. Um, so, yeah, I went on my official there. I, I loved every bit of what Jack and um, Bradley was doing over there and uh, Pep and Pep at the time. Um, you know, we had a really good recruiting class coming in that year that ended up, like, you know, fizzling apart. But um, I'll never forget the first letters I got from Clemson and when Clemson said to call them. And I was probably uh, like a kid in a candy shop hearing that and, you know, getting the phone call. But um, the offers I, that last summer, my velo just shot up and that started pitching really well and people started calling and finally got the one I wanted. Right. So you commit to Clemson and then prior to ever even leaving Woodruff. No, that's, that's, that's kind of false. A so lot of people it. don't know this. Um, Okay. I was actually at Clemson orientation. I have a Clemson ID somewhere at the house. Somewhere. I literally all I had to go back and do the next day was sign up for classes. And that was okay. it. Gotcha. So that it was it was that that close to happen. It was that close. So tell us exactly what happened then. So tell us how you got how you end up at, um, at SMC. The the coaching change came out. Um yeah. obviously Clemson hired Monty Lee. Um, I was a huge fan of Monty's at College Charleston. Um, at the time, I could not stand Charleston. It's funny how life works. I love going to Charleston now. And I'm just like, dude, I could have gone to school right here on the water. Like, what was I thinking? And um, I made a terrible mistake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, it'd be awesome if Monty came to Clemson. Sure enough, Monty comes to Clemson. And um, when I committed to Clemson, I committed to be a preferred walk-on. Um just because my velo just had shot up, but it still just wasn't elite at the time. Well, the longer that fall went, the better I got. I, I go to uh, Jupiter that fall, and I'm pretty sure I was up to 93 or 94, and I got professional teams rolling in, and um, my Diamond Devils coaches knew the situation. They said, Graham, like, you need to be invested in. Like, you're too good to not go there for any money and so I call and told him and Bradley was honest with me he said Graham we're probably going to lose some guys to the draft which we did we had like a top 10 or 12 13th overall pick in Cornelius Randolph and um we had like a second or third rounder and uh Jalen Miller um 
those guys left. He said, hey, we're going to take care of that. When it comes, sure enough, they get drafted. Um, they say it's mine. Money comes in, and somehow uh, the money vanishes somehow. I don't, don't know how, but I've already been told, like, it's a done deal, even after the draft. Um, he tells me there's none available. They're going to put it in writing for the next year. Um, at this point, like, I'm kind of like, all right, how am I supposed to trust you? Um, I go up and sit in Clemson, have a conversation with him. Um, they actually, while I, the reason we didn't go back for the second day of orientation, there's a picture on TigerNet, which my dad, being a Clemson alumni, I read TigerNet all the time. And there was a kid signing his NLI online, and uh, he told me to call SMC. We knew that was still an option. Monty calls me, goes, yeah, man, uh, why are you contacting SMC? And, you know, my response is, well, I feel like you lied to me. You know, you said you didn't have any money left. And there's a guy signing his uh, NLI. And I get the response is, oh, he, he's to help you in the back of the bullpen. You know, that, that's to take the workload off you. And um, it just didn't work out. The, I don't think I could have gone in there. I think that was about the first or second lie. I felt like I had been told. And it's, it's kind of tough to go in not knowing, all right, hey, there's some something's not right here. And I know he's got to, and it's a business, and he's got to do what right. he's got to do. And I feel just personally, I think they thought that I love Clemson so much that I would come no matter what. And that was probably like used against me. Um, but talk about everything happening for a reason. It 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 sure worked out, and it was um, fantastic to see it play out after that. Right. Right. And, and like you talked about, it's just part of, and it's the part of like the everyday layperson who's not involved. You don't see the recruiting, the, the, and head coaches have to make tough decisions all the time. And it's, it's, you know, the one that you got, the hand that you got dealt, but I'm sure that there are type, there's those types of stories that are told all over the place every, you know, every year. Absolutely. And so, and, and uh, so, you know, I, I know that, I know that we both talk coming on that, that like you said, everything happens the way it should have. And I feel like I, I'm a firm believer of that when things happen like they should have, you may go through some heartache and we'll get to some of this later. You may go through some heartache, you may go through, through some troubles, but God is preparing you for something that's going to happen in the future that if you had been handed that sooner, there's no way you're able. Oh, absolutely, to absolutely, and I, I'll, I'll never forget calling uh, Monty Lee and telling him I'm not coming. That, that I, I don't think I ever recovered from that for a little while. Um, just because, like, when you want something so bad, and and you have it, and you chose not to go, um, and and that led into SMC, and um, truthfully, like I never wanted to go there. Um, I, I just didn't have a development issue that sometimes that's the reason the Juker I was thinking are, you know, grades and, you know, my grades were fine. And that was one of the good things about SMC. My grades were good. I went for free and um, was still able to play, you know, college baseball. And, but I also in doing that and not getting over the Clemson deal, uh, I fell out of love with baseball there. And, um, you know, it was just, crazy I, I didn't know what was next after that because 
I was just over it. Um, I was staying 25 minutes from the house, 20 minutes from the house. Um, I'd been in the same place at this point. You know, it was for 19 years, and I needed a change. Um, but the, the JUCO life taught me so much to when I got to South Carolina. And the biggest thing it taught me, everybody talks about, Juco guys being grinders, and, and that, that is true. Like, I mean, you got to grind it out there. But the biggest thing it taught me, I feel like, was appreciation. Um, I get to South Carolina, you know, yeah. your laundry's done for you. You, you got a locker. You know, well, I, I'll never forget my first day there. I believe I was talking to Reed Scott, top 10 career appearance guy at uh, South Carolina, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, do I take my clothes home and wash them? He started laughing. He said, no, dude, you put it on your loop and we wash it. Like, I mean, I, I washed all my practice gear, you know. Well, we had to buy, I think, everything that we wanted to wear, SMC related, but one hat and one T-shirt. And here I am. I get there in the first day. I got two or three shirts, you know, two pairs of shoes, a pair of cleats, and two pairs of shorts. Uh, I don't even know if I said shorts, but. I was Under like, Armour, everything. <laughs> oh, literally decked out. Yeah. I'm just like, man, like these boys don't know how good they got it. You know, they they don't know anything different. Meanwhile, I'm wearing the same pair of practice pants. If I didn't get to wash them the day before for two or three days in a row, and you know, it didn't even matter what you, you didn't have to wear an SMC t-shirt. You could just wore whatever you wanted to to practice. And I was like, y'all got no idea. I mean, we had to fix our own mound. You got a ground screw here? We didn't even got to touch the mound. And it it taught me a ton of appreciation, and there's a ton of funny stories, you know, that come from it. We're staying in a hotel in Alabama, and I'll never forget that the doors were, like, teal blue. And if you turned it on hot water, it was cold in the shower. And if you turned it on cold water, it was hot in the shower. And... I think that was enough for me to decide right then I'm not coming back next year. <laughs> and and I, I'm pretty sure right. that I don't even think the door shut all the way. And the only thing you had, yeah. I think there was a Burger King and a Pizza Hut in the parking lot of the hotel, and you couldn't go nowhere else. But uh, that, that, was about, that was about it with me and SMC. <laughs> so it's funny because it's funny to me because I played Division II baseball. And when I say play, I always tell everybody, you know, I was not a player, right? So I was on the team. I played what they called JV, and we played SMC. Uh, we played certain teams like that, and we every game we played was a doubleheader, mm-hmm. two sevens. Yeah. You know, I think we played like we played twenty two playing days, and that was it. So when I say play, that's what I'm talking about. But my experience was similar to that in that. We bought our own all our own gear. You know, yep. when balls got when balls got hit out, we went to look for them. You know, like we I, we're not. <laughs> I probably still got a couple briar scratches from that creek down there uh, at SMC somewhere. That's so, right. Because them so, things that when we were there, we had some boys that could hit them, and it was also a real good excuse to look for a while and come back later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. We couldn't, we couldn't find it. Yeah, couldn't find it, and then it's in your bag. <laughs> That's every catcher I've ever caught, ever had. Uh, his bag weighs 25 pounds more than everybody else's bag because he's got every baseball that's ever been tossed to the pitcher to warm up with. Yep. So, um, 
So you end up at SMC, you, you transfer into South Carolina, things are working out for you. You guys are playing tremendous baseball down there. You're doing well. And you end up getting drafted. Um, talk about what round, talk about where you went, talk about, you know, the first spot and then ultimately where you landed. Oh, for sure. I think one thing that people don't understand about at South Carolina is I had talked to Jerry Myers before I come in and he told me um, that they had a loaded pitching staff coming in that year. And this is in 20, I was the, we've been the fall of 16, spring of 17. They had just lost in the super regional at home and they're bringing almost everybody and their mama back. I mean, Clark Schmidt's coming back as a first rounder. Will Crow was coming back off Tommy John. That uh, was a second rounder. Um, Adam Hill coming off a uh, all freshman SEC year. Jonah Bride just made his big league debut. Um, Madison Stokes, Alex Estino, Hunter Taylor, Chris Cullen, LT Tolbert. I mean, they returned. TJ Hopkins, my best friend. Um, they returned so many players and inherited. When I got there, I inherited a bunch of really good teammates. But when I came, I never told them I was coming. I just was going to show up as a student and ask for a trial. And I'm on the way back from Myrtle Beach coming to Woodruff. And I get a text from Espo at the time down there. And he goes, hey, Graham, I heard you were coming to South Carolina. Is that true? And I said, yes, sir, it is. He said, well, could you send me your transcripts? I said, well, I can, but I've already been accepted. I'm going to orientation on Monday. And he says, wait, really? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'd have you for a visit, but we got one in the morning and one in the evening. Can I call you after your orientation? And he did. He was like, Graham, do you, you want to be on the team? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask for a tryout, but I mean, sure. And I said, what do I need to do? <laughs> and he goes, oh, we'll send you some emails. We're going to get it straight with compliance and make sure you're good, but I'll get your sizes from you in a couple of days. And I was a game cop. Looks like that. I mean, it wasn't nothing crazy. It wasn't nothing. I think I saw the facility for the first time when I showed up for the first team meeting. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, that I had a really good year that year. Um, team wise, wasn't the best. I was able to start some games for us and I, I didn't throw a ton of meaningful innings just because we had two top current, two top 10 career appearance guys. And, uh, um, a hundred mile an hour closer. And I think there's three big leaguers off that team. And you got so many guys knocking down the doors of it again. Um, I got drafted in 2018 by the nationals in the 12th round, uh, pick 371, I believe. Um, that was in between the regional and super regional. Um, we ended up going to the, uh, Super regional, losing game three to go to Omaha, to the best team in the country. They didn't end up winning it, but Arkansas was just unbelievable that year. I was actually pitching with a torn UCL um, for the whole year. We had had an MRI done the summer before. I had a little partial tear and an avulsion. Um, this means my UCL come off the bone. Um, didn't pitch that fall. We, Me and my trainer knew there wasn't something right. Things wasn't healing the way it was, but somehow, and I've still not figured out how, and I still don't even think Brainerd Cooper, our trainer, has figured out how I was able to pitch. 
and just by the grace of God. And after that, uh, go down to West Palm Beach, end up failing my physical with the Nationals, um, you know, which really sucked. And they sent me home. And I thought, you know, and Tommy John's getting to where it's a really routine surgery in baseball. But, um, you know, I ended up going back and ended up sitting out all of 2019 and too ready for 2020. And then COVID hit. And, but, you know, really, really thankful for the Nationals. You know, it, it's helped me out with what's going on in my life now so much more than in talking about the things happen for a reason. I was so bitter for so long about the Nationals deal just because it, I thought it was time. You know, you just had the chance to go to Omaha, you know, lost in game three, and we had a ton of guys leaving. We set the record for guys amount drafted that year in South Carolina history. And I just thought it was time and ended up going back for a fifth year. And it's just amazing how much my focus shift after shifted after that surgery over the next two years. I think I just blossomed into a whole different person. For sure. And anytime you go through setbacks and, and you, and you have to fight your way back through, there's always that little bit of like apprehension in your mind. Will you ever get back to the, where you were, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you talk about maybe tearing a UCL, tearing an ACL, tearing, you know, some form of ligament, some form of setback, broken bone. And then there's that mental side of having to get over that and throw anyway and trust it and, and trust that you're going to be fine. But, but I, you know, I always talk about to, to kids, I don't like getting down in games, but I always like that climb back. I always like the other team feeling like it's over. You never fully believe in that it's over. And I think the same idea happens when you get hurt. Other people kind of tend to write you off. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, he's probably done. He, he'll he never get back to where he was. And I always love that as a player and a coach because the number one way to get me to do something is to say I can't. Right. And, and so when you, when you go through battles like that, I always love when somebody has a setback and I, we talk all the time about, you know, it's just a minor setback from major comeback and, and that having that mantra of, because I had a kid one time who played, he actually played division one basketball at Wofford, but he played baseball for me. He was our shortstop and he had a double hip avulsion as a sophomore. Mm. So we're playing a game. He has a hip avulsion on the right side. He goes out for six weeks, has the surgery. They put it back. He comes back, leads off the game. Same thing, other hip. Another six weeks, he's out. But he ended up having a tremendous junior year, and then COVID happened, and he didn't get a senior year. But had a tremendous junior year. It was a vital part of what we did. It was our number, you know, number two pitcher. Just tremendous comeback from that minor setback or double minor setback. But so you get drafted and things are going great. I mean, we talked prior to coming on, we talked stat lines and all that stuff. And we, you know, people free to look that those things up, but you know, really rolling last year, kind of not as much this year, but still doing mm -hmm. well. Right. But uh, we just found out. So those of you who are listening, we, at the time of recording, uh, this is just after the all-star break. And Graham gets a call. So we were supposed to meet up last week. It didn't work out. And the reason it didn't work out is because Graham actually was released. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about how that all went down, 
how you found out and kind of like your thought process coming out of that movie. Oh yeah. It's been, uh, the last week has just been really emotion filled. Um, you know, not really knowing what was next or where my head was at, but I found out after our game, after our game, right before the all-star break and, for about 48 hours, I was just really filled with emotion. And I don't really show a ton of emotion. Um, but that's understandable. But Oh, yeah. for sure. And, um, you know, I was so shocked and so caught off guard. And, you know, when my manager told me I had played for him in part half a season in high last year and then played for another uh, half with him this year, and we had, had – a good relationship and he knew how I worked. I knew how he worked and he told me it was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do that he loved me so much and um, how much he appreciated what I brought to the clubhouse and uh, the team day in and day out. And um, so I, I ultimately just found out, you know, they say it was a not enough strikes issue, um, which, you know, I, I can live with that. Um, and kind of what we talked about before we got on air is the game of baseball that I grew up playing and you as well, it's not the same as what it is today. It is very data-driven. It is very analytically driven and number-driven. And uh, the Cubs have been wanting me to pitch a, a certain way because I had a really good forcing fastball metrically and analytically. Um I personally didn't think it was my best pitch. I've always wanted to be a sinker guy. I got to where I was throwing really, really – as hard as I've thrown consistently in my career this year. Um, and I just know my bread and butter, what makes me confident and makes me feel like the, the best player I can be. And I felt like I was taking a, a knife into a gunfight. And I just was not confident in doing it. And just because a big part of pitching is having conviction and what you were doing and believing that my stuff is better than that guy in that box. When I seen that pitch start to not have the success I wanted, I probably got gun shy and probably started trying to pick some corners. And I think that kind of led to some, uh, you know, some, some of the balls and the walks. But when I, I think about it, it's just, I was accountable for every single one of those outings. Um, I never said this is the Cubs' fault. I never said this is my pitching coach's fault. It's to me, I'm the one out there pitching. I'm the one that's in control. When you hold that ball between that line, you can you control everything. And, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't get it done. Um, I think that I didn't fit their mold. Because they're a big fastball ride guys, and I want to be a sinker slider guy. And with that, you know, maybe I didn't stand up for myself enough. Maybe I um, was too coachable and just saying yes and, you know, trying to people please. Um, And maybe that's my fault. But the thing I can look back on is I didn't change how I was raised. I didn't change who I was. I stayed true to being the same person every single day and and wanting to be coached. And I'm a firm believer in, and I, I learned this in South Carolina, um, 
whether it's a 17 or 18 year old freshman or an all-star big league closer that's kind of like my, my mentor in the offseason and Daniel Bard with the Rockies. You never know when one person is going to say something to change your career. So, so who am I to not listen to those guys? Because what if one day it clicks and you're in the big leagues in a month and a half or a month? And you just never know about that stuff. And I wanted to make sure I didn't leave a stone unturned. And, you know, at the end of the day, the timeline, you know, didn't work out. Um, I don't wish any ill will towards that organization, no matter how confused or frustrated things might have been. When I start pulling against those guys, I start pulling against my teammates. You know, I got three really good friends that are in the big leagues right now. And I won't, I need the Cubs to win so those guys can have success and experiences that they deserve to have. So me pulling against them, and that's what I talk about, you know, the deal with the Nationals and being bitter. I was so bitter for so long that I didn't sign with them. I told myself, I said, I'm not going to be bitter now. I mean, that does nothing but bring me down and, you know, give me anger that doesn't need to be there and makes me pull against guys that I really care about, as not only as players, but as people. And I, I told myself this in South Carolina, and this was, I kind of spoke on it before, my mind shifted after Tommy John surgery and I couldn't play that 2019 season. I wanted to affect the game without playing. I turned into a dugout guy. I turned into a, a good locker room guy. Um, I started caring about other people's successes more than my own. And it, my mindset kind of changed as I wanted people to remember me more as what kind of dude Graham Lawson was and how he treated me. I'd rather be known for that than anything I've done on the field. And to me, that goes a long way. I, I still, not many days have gone by since I've been released by the Cubs and I've had guys reach out to me saying they're shocked and checking on me. Those guys don't have to do that. You know, they're, they're choosing to do that. And I feel like they're choosing to do that because of the impact and the impression I made on them. Cause I, I cared about them as a baseball player and as a person. And you know, I, I still do. I mean, I'm checking the box score every night to see how my guys are doing. And, you know, it hurts and it sucks at times, you know, seeing that you're not there. But um, it showed me a lot, just the outpour of people that has reached out to me. And the only, the only question I asked my manager when I was released, I said, did I do it the right way? I said, that's what I care about right now. And he told me every single day, Every single day, without a doubt, and I can live with that, you know. And if you know they they wanted to part ways, that's fine. And, and I at least know that I did the right way. I was a good clubhouse guy, or at least I tried to be. I tried to be a hard worker, treat people how I wanted to be treated, and you know that was it. You know, I, I was able to watch a bunch of guys grow up at South Carolina that ended their careers this year, and I shot them text about. How so proud I was of them and watching them be there for five years and watch them literally go from boys to men. And when I did, all of them replied back to, I can't thank you enough for what you did for me and investing in me. 
And I was like, that is far better than anything anybody can say to me on the field. Just because I would, just truthfully in my heart, I would rather be known for impacting others. And I, I even said this to the Cubs. Is I said when I when we had, you know, private conversations with them and I didn't feel like things were done right for me. And I say, you know, this isn't about me fighting to get back with y'all or just me venting. I said, this is me taking care of the next Graham Lawson that comes through because there's going to be another situation like this. And I want y'all to do everything in your power to prevent having this conversation. And I know releases are a part of the game, but if you can get ask them if you did all they could for the organization and you did all you could for them as the organization for the player, that that's respect. And I want to make sure each guy after me is respected and treated the right way. And, you know, hopefully somebody can see my worth and, you know, we can try to find a, another home or another organization. I'm staying in shape and still throwing and ready to go. And, if not, then as I can't look back at this career, you know, I, there's been a ton of reflection the last week, whether it's been, you know, we've talked about this today from the ground up, whether it's been from the Woodruff Youth Recreation Association to, to travel ball to the memories at Woodruff High School and bringing a region championship back that hadn't been done since my grandfather coached and literally going to from one rival college to the other and finding myself as a person and going on it literally baseball has carried me on so many adventures and so many places. I can't look back at any of this with any anger or disgust. I've been so fortunate and so lucky to have done what I've done. And that's a lot of, a lot of thanks to the, the good Lord and my family putting up with me and getting me to every single thing that I needed to get to and putting up with the, uh, my grandfather has always said, you know, there's going to be mountaintop. We're going to be on top of mountaintops and in the depths of the valleys. And I'm going to be with you through all of them. And a bunch of thanks for all of that. And, I, and then this journey, there has been plenty of them. It's been a roller coaster, but we're, we're battle tested and ready for adversity. Wow. So, so much, so much stuff to unpack there. We we're short on time, but I, I want to get to some of this stuff if, if, if even if we have to go over. So you you talked about the so Ed Milet wrote a book called The Power of One More, and essentially his, his father was an alcoholic. I can relate. My father was a drug addict, a pill addict. Going through what he went through, he talks about his fa his grandfather going through. I mean, I'm sorry. Talks about his father going through uh, rehab. And he went to rehab and had been a bunch of times, but the last time he goes is the time that he gets clean. The, the one more time he said, I'm going to go one more time. And he went that time and he got clean. And then when he came home from rehab, Ed asks him about, you know, dad, are you going to be, you're going to be sober for, for, from now on. And he said, I don't know if I'll be sober from now on, but I'm going to be sober for one more day. And the idea is the, is the, is that when you talk about like maybe he, he brings up the analogy of hitting a pinata, the, the swing that's put on the pinata that busts it and the candy comes out is not, is not the swing that 
was the first swing. It's the last swing. And it's a, it's a summation of all these swings. And so when it, whenever it comes, when the candy does bust out and everybody goes crazy, it's simply because all these swings were put on this pinata that made it, made it happen. Uh, so, so that's one. I want to encourage you, uh, keep, keep fighting, keep battling, keep doing that one more, keep working, continue to drive to get, because if this is something you're serious about doing, and it is, it's been your career, it's been your life's work. Don't let the fact that one team or one person or one analytic guy said, Graham can't get it done at this level. You continue to work and, 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 and to grind because you know what you're capable of. That's one. You were, so you talked about reaching out to other guys and kind of paying it forward. So was listening today to a guy and basically what he said was you're, you are most powerfully positioned to serve the person that you once were. That, that hit home to me when you were talking, because there are guys, like you said, there are future Graham Lawson's who you personally can impact. Why? Because you were there. I can empathize with people whose dads, parents were addicts. Why? Because I was there. So those people, they're up my alley. I don't know exactly what they're going through, but I do know what it's like. And I do know the things I did that were successful for me to help me get out of a, of a dark spot as a, you know, as a 12, 13 year old boy. So, so continue to battle. You talked about not getting bitter, but getting better. Huge takeaway. Most people will sit around and they will allow. So when we talk to our guys about baseball, they allow strike, they allow strike one to be strike three. Because the first pitch that they thought was out, the umpire calls a strike. And so now, no matter what, they've checked out of that, that at bat. They're already beat, and they might as well go sit in the dugout. It's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in your career. Don't get bitter. Get better. Take this time for what it's worth. It's a time to work and, and to continue to grow and continue to get better. You know who you are. You don't have to be anybody else. You can go be Graham Lawson. You can go be great. You can be great every single day, right? And you can go and work and earn a and earn your way. There are plenty of teams out there who are looking for a guy who is a professional, who's going to handle it the right way. As a coach, I can tell you there are plenty of managers who want guys who do it the right way. So continue to do that. And I think, I think you know, when you were talking about the legacy that you're leaving. So I tell my guys all the time, hard work does not ensure success. And everybody says, well, if you work hard, you'll succeed. <laughs> it does not ensure success. Here's what it does. It helps you sleep at night and it leaves a legacy. So they're going to say that guy got up every single day and he worked his tail off to get to where he's at. So when you were talking about when all these things went down and then, then your friends were calling and, and teammates are texting you, here's what's happening. When I hear something happens to you know, a, a guy who nobody really likes, they're going to use the phrase, well, it couldn't happen to a better guy. But whenever it happens to a guy like you and people realize, man, that's just not right. They're going to reach out. They're going to call you. Those other people don't get phone calls. Those other people don't get text messages. You do. Graham Lawson does. And then when you do make it right, when you, when somebody does take that chance and they put you back where you, where you, where you're supposed to be, then they're going to say it couldn't happen to a better guy and they're going to sincerely mean it. And that's the difference. That's the difference. So man, you know, just wow. I mean, I think 
for your age. And, uh, obviously we talked about it. You are, you know, you have 18 years of experience as an educator before you ever stepped, you know, into a college classroom, you know, you're, you're, you're wise beyond your years. And I think it takes so much for people to get to where you are. And I think so many people, because, you know, some of the setbacks that you've endured, whether it be injury or, you know, not going to the school that you wanted to. I mean, there were so many options and, and like ended up at an SMC. And even though it wasn't where you wanted to be, you kept grinding, you kept working. Like you could have legitimately at any point said, I don't want to do this. I'm out. And you never did. You continued to work. You continued to get better. And so, I, you know, I just applaud you, man. And I, I, I appreciate you sharing and being so open about it because it means a lot to me as a coach to be able to take this back to my guys and say, just listen to this guy. You know what I mean? Like, just listen to what he's got to say. You're talking about a guy who's been there, done that. He's played in some of the biggest games in high school baseball. He's brought he's brought championships to his city like we're trying to do. He's pitched on the Division One level. You cut on your TV on Saturdays in the, in the spring, and you see Clemson and Carolina. This, this is where this guy was at. You cut on your TV in the summer, and he's, he's pitching, you know, in double-A ball. This is where this guy was at. These things happened to him, and he never let it affect him. Not to the point of quitting. He continued to fight. So, man, it's just, man, it, that's big-time stuff. And Graham, I appreciate, I appreciate you you sharing for sure. No problem. I, I think this one thing I can say before we wrap up is something that really hit true to me this year. And I, I said this to the Woodruff baseball team this year, and, you know, and I say this, one of my best friends in the Chicago Cubs organization um, coming off Tommy John has been struggling, you know, mentally and physically coming off Tommy John. And the year before, I was very – I tried to surround myself with a bunch of guys that have been in the organization or organizations for years. It shortens my learning curve. If you get around highly intelligent people, you get intelligent. And so Garrett Kelly ends up retiring. Guy I've got to play with the two stops last year in high and double A. Um, he retired this year, and I reached out to him. Just absolute phenomenal human being. Um, great person, works hard. And he told me just get thanks for reaching out and to get 1% better every day, to get a little better every day and grow. So my grow, my year, whoa, my word for the year was growth. And that to me implies on life, relationships, you know, occupation, sports, whatever. I try to grow each time I'm out there. I try to grow in my relationships. I try to grow in my family. I, I try to grow in several aspects. When he told me that, my, my outlook has been phenomenal. You know, this might not have got better, but I grew here today. Well, hey, I grew in the area that I wanted to grow today. And growth was just my word for the year. I'm a big believer. If you continue to do the right things and if you grow, you're going to be exactly where you want to be. If it's not on your timeline, it's okay. You just got to trust that it's going to happen at some point. That's right. And, you know, going back to the to the name of the show, man, be great today. And I think that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Every day we get we get up and we control we can control that day. And I tell my guys all the time and I talk to to Kirby about it. But, it's you know, we're looking right out the windshield because the things immediately in front of us are the most important. The rearview mirror is irrelevant. You know, we're going to tear that off. We're going to learn from mistakes. Right. But Paul says. Paul says, not that I've already obtained it or already become perfect, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I press on to what lies ahead. And I think 
that in and of itself is the be great today. That's, that's what we're after. And, um, really want people on the show like you who exemplify that, who, who live it, who are not just, um, talkers, but doers. And man, I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed our time together. I appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to get you back on when you get back to the show and, um, and talk about the comeback. Right. So, um, you want to, you want to drop anything real quick? Like, uh, you doing any, you doing any, uh, any kind of lessons or anything going on while you're home or yeah, anything, um, anything you want to plug? I've done lessons for a couple of off seasons now. Um, I, I do those locally here in Woodruff. Um, and if people get groups together, I've gone to union and done some stuff in union. Um, you know, I, I love working with kids. Um, I love pouring into the youth. Um, so if you ever uh, want to reach out to me about lessons or advice or, you know, we hop on a phone call or whatever, I mean, it does me no good to just take all this with me. I need to, I need to pour into others, you know, give other people like the guys I told at South Carolina, I just want them to experience the same things I've experienced because I see what it's done for my life and what it's provided for me. So yes, if um, and you want lessons, you can reach out to me. I'm on every form of social media possible um, between Facebook. Yeah. And we'll link, we'll link all those. We'll link every bit of that in the show notes. And then that way people can reach out to you, uh, you know, give him time, wait till the season kind of winds down, get him into the fall season. Cause we're hoping he's working on himself right now. Right. We want him to get him back. And, and so, but we'll, we'll link all that in the show notes, man. And we'll get you rolling again. I appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate you being with us. I know Wildcats and Wolverines don't usually get along, but man, I, I respect, I respect the heck out of you. Uh, uh, pulling for you as hard as anybody could. And I wish you all the Thank best. you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Would love to come back on anytime you have me. Wildcats and Wolverines might not get along, but good people always get along. So uh, anytime, right. anytime right. thankful, thankful for That's the conversations. Right. And um, I grew in this conversation. I hope you did too. And I hope the audience has the opportunity to as well. Yeah, I think anybody listening, guys, you know, Take these things and apply them. You know, faith without works is dead. If you don't take this stuff and you don't apply it, then we're wasting our time on this show. We're wasting our time bringing in quality people like Graham. Take this stuff and apply it. And I hope that today and every day you can be great today. Thanks for listening to Be Great Today with Coach B. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with Coach B on Twitter at Podcast Be Great and on Instagram at be great underscore podcast until next time be great today